Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. For those of you who are interested and or worried about copyright, that piece of music was called Circuit Breaker, written by a friend of mine that I used to work with by the name of Andy Sorensen. I've since lost contact with Andy, so um, if you know him and you want him to sue me, uh, let him know about the show. And uh, on that note, hi Sarah! Hello! I've had a massive weekend, so if I'm a little bit less enthusiastic than normal, um, it's because I'm very tired. I don't see how that's possible because there's been so much going on. Um, I mean, I, I totally understand you being very tired, but I don't believe for a second that you're any less excited or enthusiastic. <laughs> hey, I was at British Nationals this weekend and I got to actually cheer like a lunatic um, in real life. And it was brilliant! And you did also get like the best champagne shot I've seen in forever. That was crazy. Yeah. Well, you know what happened? It's when, when, when they're on the podium... So, you know, you, you, it's funny, you kind of, so you've watched it at the end, yeah, you've cheered your head off, you've watched the riders kind of come in and get hugged by their teammates, yeah, and then you go and line up in front of the podium, and then a hundred big burly men come and stand in front of you in high-vis jackets blocking your view, and you just want to slap them, um, and then just when it gets to the champagne time, though, they all nip off to either side and hide in case their cameras get wet. So that was like, that was a good time. So you have to just stand there and go, well, you know, it could wreck my camera. Or I could get a champagne shot, which I did. It was brilliant. Champagne <laughs> shot sounds like it should be some kind of a porn term. I, yeah, it probably yeah. is. I don't even know. Uh, I, I think, I think I, just don't, don't write in and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I've, I've just immediately dived into the gutter. Um, that's, that's a little early in the show, really, but, you know, here we are. Well, we can just be Oscar, you know, we, we may all be in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. <laughs> <laughs> should we talk about racing instead? I think we should. Hey, um, so yeah, the, obviously Nationals is probably the... the big thing that's been going on in the last week, um, which has been insane, and I wanted to compliment you on your roundup on Podium Cafe, because that is awesome, and um, also ask you to catch us up on um, any new stories or, or super big stories, obviously being at British Nationals, I assume we've got more to hear about that. Yes. Um, well, yes, I did. I did my roundup on Podium Cafe. And if people don't know where that is, it's www.podiumcafe.com slash section slash women's hyphen cycling. And rather than go through absolutely everything, I'll just stick I'll just stick to the highlights. But if you go there about the second post down at the moment, maybe third by the time you edit this, Dan, is the Nationals post, which has a stack of videos. So, you know, you want to see some really good bike racing. That's where to go. But yes, I was at Nationals. <laughs> it's, very, it's one of those things where if you're in Britain, oh, it's a really hard place to get to. Oh, there's no mobile phone coverage. But I did actually think of you laughing as it only took, you know, five hours to drive there or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know people who drive further to get to work. <laughs> yeah, so even while, I was, even while I was thinking that, I was mentally chastising myself. No, it's brilliant. I mean, British Nationals this year, it's in Yorkshire. Um, it was in the grounds of this um, Benedictine Abbey and boarding school, incredibly posh boarding school. Um, yeah, and it was beautiful, um, but the weather was unbelievable. It was like one minute it was bucking it, bucketing it down with rain. The next minute it was beautiful sunshine and, the, you know, double rainbows everywhere. It was just spectacular. But, um, yeah, so British Nationals, it's an odd situation because there's one big team um, who have uh, four riders, elite riders in there, which is Ar Drink, Leontian.nl. 
And they've got Emma Papudi, Lizzie Armitstead, Sharon Laws and Lucy Martin. But not Nicole and Cook. Thought, yeah, well, Nicole <laughs> Cook. Right? Not Nicole Cook. Um, so we're going back to in 2010. Nicole Cook had 10 British national jerseys. Nine of them were in a row. So she really, really wanted this 10th in a row one, yeah? Mm. And um, however, uh, she, you know, they, they, they're, they're, they are racing, 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 and Emma Pooley wins. And afterwards, Nicole throws this massive media strop about how, you know, they've rode as a team and it's totally unfair. And she refused to shake Emma Pooley's hand on the podium and stuff like that. Um, you know, never mind that when she's had, to, you know, that she's had teammates racing for her in the past, and actually those riders have worked their socks off for her, you know, in every big race. But anyway, so there's quite a lot of rancor there. So um, I think I probably ranted last week about Sharon Laws not getting an Olympic spot, mm. and if I didn't, it's on Podium Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Sharon, so we kind of, I kind of guessed that, um, that, that that Sharon would win this, and we kind of knew that at our drink would attack like really, really early. Um, but I kind of expected them to ride one lap together. <laughs> but you know, comes the first lap. There's the, there comes the first climb on the first lap, which is you know a couple of miles into the race, mm. and I just attack, and off they go into the distance like little blue Smurfs dancing around in the forest. So they just attack and they're gone, and that's it. Um, the only person who kept up with them was Nikki Harris, who's a cyclocrosser. Yep. And the only person who chased for ages was Sarah Story, who's this multiple paracycling Paralympian champion. Um, so, yeah, uh, long story short, Sharon won. Ray, Ray, Sh- yay, Sharon. Woo. Um, and it was very, very exciting. And, yeah, and, and Sharon was the only one there who didn't have any family there, but the whole crowd were just completely on the side for her. Um, I had no idea that Smurfs were so vindictive, but, you know. <laughs> They're not vindictive. It's just Smurfs just like to work hard and do their best. I think. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. Now, now I don't know. Are you, are you are you implying that Nicole Cook is Gargamel? I would never do such a thing. <laughs> Neither would I. That was just a joke. But no. Um, yeah. It's... <laughs> I was lying. <laughs> No, so it was great. It was a really good race, and um, the videos. There's video of it. It's on TV. Very exciting. Um, they got to the podium, and they had all this inadvertent comedy. Where first of all, the podium announcer forgot to actually do the um, elite women's presentation. They did the under twenty three women's presentation, uh-huh. and then he just was going. Now we've done it, and everyone's going. No, no, you've forgotten. And then they gave. Um, then they gave Sharon the under twenty three jersey by mistake. Huh. Um, Sharon's, Sharon's thirty seven or thirty eight. <laughs> and, and and so once they gave her that jersey, she was determined not to give it back. Yeah, well, no, they they gave her another jersey over the top. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still under twenty three. God damn it! <laughs> well, I think she was just looking at it like, yeah, I don't think even I could get away with that. So yeah, so Sharon won. She was brilliant. She's fantastic. And you know, I'd say also look out for her in the Giro Don. Okay. Um, you know, that's it. So that's number one. That was my longest story. I promise. Um, <laughs> Number two, I think you might like this specifically. Um, did you see the video of Amelia Farlene yes. throwing the bike and swearing uh, in Swedish? I look, I'm a, I'm a big fan of swearing in general. Um, <laughs> fuck shit bum, but um, but especially if you're going to have a blow up, then that that the thing that really sold it though was that Amelia herself. That's how I found out about it. Was her on Twitter after the race, <laughs> you know, saying. 
um, you know, it sucks having a mechanic all that close to the finish, but um, at least my Swedish swearing is still good. And <laughs> I, I, I'm not too proud to admit I swooned a little bit inside when I read that. Did you see? Did you see the follow-up um, conversation with her and Emma Johansson? Where because Emma Johansson, sorry, Emma Johansson won the race, which obviously I should have mentioned. Emma, <laughs> and, uh, Emma, details. <laughs> details. Yes. Who cares when this sweary bike toss? But then they were having this like little to and fro on Twitter, which was really, really funny. It was like you've got to love someone who has a massive sweary bike toss and then completely regains their their sense of humour about it. <laughs> I do. I absolutely do. So congratulations, Emma, and. Uh, Congratulations for a slightly different reason to Amelia. Yeah, um, the disappointing thing was Yen said that her swearing was only things like "damn" and "the devil," which I was really disappointed by because I was well, really yeah, hoping. It was as I as I understand, style. those are the worst swear words in Swedish. Like, the, <laughs> despite all the the raping and pillaging that the Vikings did, it turns out Swedes are exceptionally polite. Just yeah. very very misunderstood. Well, I was expecting it to be, I'm going to eat the entrails of my mechanic, I can't, I'm going to just, going to burn everyone alive, you know, in, in proper Viking stuff, unless they don't count that as swearing, that's just their day-to-day -day language. Oh, oh, excellent point. So, it's possible that, that everyday Swedish is actually so violent and offensive that their version of swear words is to say really mild things, like please and thank you. <laughs> I think that's it. We'll have to we'll have to test this out. We'll have to um, we'll have to we'll have to watch closely the Swedes amongst us. Unfortunately, we've now lost our largest audience segment of two Swedes, but uh... <laughs> we love them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so um, Amelia Bytos, very funny video. Um, yeah, and great Amelia. Um, the other funny videos that we got, um, I'm not going to talk about too much, but Clara Hughes. Clara Hughes won the time trial in Canada. Yeah. Yes. And then she and Denise Ramsden were out together in a in a two girl two woman break um, on the road race. And uh, and basically Denise Ramsden just sat on Car uh, sat on Clara's wheel the entire way round, and then out sprinted her at the finish. And there are these videos of Clara laughing about that and going, "Well, yes, I do that too." <laughs> <laughs> And then she's talking about how it was like they're both not very good sprinters, so it was like the world's slowest sprint. And I, like I did see slow that. Motion. I did see that video, and um, I loved how she was like, "I think if there'd been a hundred more meters, I might have had a shot." But you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just adorable. Um, the final and the, the the other final thing I just want to say about the nationals is massive, massive congrats to Judith Arndt who won her twentieth. German national title this weekend. Yeah, that's that's amazing. She's um, just been winning them, and and the German, I mean, the German nationals are super hard as well. It's not like it's one of these, um, you know, play. It's not like it's one of these nationals where uh, it's not like Luxembourg, for example, where you know Andy and Frank draw straws to see who wins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is a this is a serious this is serious racing. But yeah, she's won twenty titles over her career on the track, um, ITT and road, and it's just. You know, just and she just did the double of ITT and Road this weekend, and won by um, about twelve minutes. And um, she was out with Charlotte Becker, and Charlotte Becker came in a couple of minutes, you know, a couple of minutes behind her. But yep. twelve minutes on the chasers. Yeah, that's amazing. That's huge. I think she's some of the best riders in the world. You know, it's mm. so fun. So mm. yeah, so nationals. <sighs> yeah, it was awesome, and and it was genuinely huge. Please do um, check out the the post on Podium Cafe 
slash section slash women's dash cycling or hyphen <laughs> if you prefer because um, because it does wrap up quite a few more things and as Sarah said there's a lot of video it is a great post and it was a great week great great week of uh, nationals racing yes and and actually we don't really stop because this week starts the Giro Dawn it's mm. like oh, crazy I think um, Chloe Hosking you know you Aussies and New Zealanders have the um, have their national have your nationals in in January yeah yep um, so Chloe Hosking um, had a had a blog post on the uh, specialised Lululemon site talking about how she thinks it's just a conspiracy that everyone else goes away for the weekend and they come back and she's got no idea who's won what who's in what jumper. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all designed to make the Giro Don especially confusing for the first three stages as you work yeah. out who the fuck's in the break. Yeah. And um, Miranda Vries just had a post um, just today on her website, which is www.mariynfietst.nl. Um, <laughs> no, Marion DeVries had a had a post on her website about vanity in the women's peloton, and she was saying about um, hair, how people with long hair is really really useful because that's the only way you can tell which is which rider. <laughs> <laughs> that's and fantastic. she ended it saying she ended it saying that she's really pleased that Mariana Voss is growing her hair long because you know it used to be quite hard to tell which rider was which, <laughs> but now, now she's got this little little brown this little brown curly ponytail behind. She said the only problem is. That once you've spotted it's Mariana going past you, it's, it's too, too late. late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I, I yeah. wonder how many women have have gone out for haircuts in the pro peloton <laughs> after that's that exactly vlog. What I, thought. I thought I thought we're going to see Mariana rock up on I don't know because um, Mariana's big goals this year are the Olympics and the world, so we're going to see her rocking up, rocking up either in London or Valkenburg with a complete short haircut. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> And, or a bond wig. <laughs> I also loved uh, the the post before that, which was the um, what was it? Disgusting bathroom habits of professional yes. cyclists. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't disgusting, but what was it? Some I can't remember uh, the name. You'll be shocked or something. It was it, our shameless, our shameless bathroom habits. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, she's. Marine's doing this series of posts, uh, articles for a Dutch magazine about life in the peloton, and yeah. she's done one on eating, um, and this one on this one on um, their bathroom habits. She's clearly playing up the the glamour of the the lifestyle. <laughs> it's, it's it's very inspiring. If you have any interest at all in becoming a professional woman cyclist, it's um, you know it, it is all it is all nightclubs, private jets, and. Uh, <laughs> And you know, slow motion, slow motion music videos. It's it's amazing. Yeah, she's it's it's interesting because you don't just don't know about how these. It's, I love her blogs because you can actually see backstage mm. and what's going on with what's going on and what what it's actually like because it's such a weird thing. Um, even with the men, you kind of see it on TV, the races, but you don't really see how how these things happen behind the stage. So I'm always really pleased with um with Marine that that she tells us those things. Um, there's also uh, Catherine Bertine who writes on ESPNW. Yes, and she's in the Colabita cycling team and she's just done a, she's just started, she had been doing a series of posts on how she was trying to get to the, the Olympic Games for St. Kitts and Nevis. Mm. Um, she didn't get it. She didn't get enough UCI points and, you know, various traumas along the way. But she's just done a post on what it's, you know, answering a whole load of questions like, you know, 
what's it like in the peloton um are you teammates what, if you don't train together how do you manage to work together do egos get in the way and that's a really interesting one too so mm. you know lots, um and, and it's interesting c- contrasting them both because Catherine's post was Catherine Bettine's post was very factual you know yep. um, nice interesting well written but then Martine then, then Marine's posts are just insane <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so um, you know maybe and actually, it's it's kind of because she's writing them for a women's magazine. Things like makeup and hair and bathroom stuff is is you know is it's it's something that's interesting. You know, to it's, I don't know if it's interesting to everyone, even if you don't you know wear makeup and stuff. So yeah, good times. Well, I I did actually find it interesting because it's not something I associate with the sport, but it's interesting yeah. to because you know the the question has sort of vaguely hung in the back of my head of you know primarily I I view these women as professional sports people and, and peak performing athletes. Um, Mm. but at the same time, they're real women, um, who presumably like to dress up and go out dancing or whatever it is women do. I (laughs) don't know. Quiet night in with a glass of wine and a Scrabble board. Who knows? They're so mysterious. Yeah, you, well, you haven't been um, you haven't been in, you haven't been obviously inducted into the into the cult of being a woman, so you won't know about the uh, wicker man and the um, uh, you know various various sacrifices we make at midnight and that kind of thing. But you know, yeah, maybe that will be one of Marine's future posts, and you can find out all about it. Hopefully, hopefully, um, <laughs> I have to say I did explore um, becoming a, a member of the the cult of women, but the surgical options didn't really appeal to me, so. <laughs> Personal choice. Well, well, you know, we'll just we'll just live as that beautiful mystery. <laughs> but, no, but, I, but I know exactly what you mean because I mean you see some riders on the on the on the podium, and, you, and sometimes you think, oh, that's pretty good mascara for just finishing a bike race. <laughs> I can honestly say I've never thought that, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate it, and I'll probably pay more attention to it now that I know that that's a possibility. Yeah, mascara's <laughs> mascara's one of the eye ones, isn't it? It's the eyelash thing. I mean, you're asking the wrong girl. I'm like the least good makeup person you'll ever meet. You're probably better. You'd probably be better at putting on makeup than I am. But yeah, mascara's the one on the eyelashes. Well, see, I didn't even know that. So I I don't know that I'm going to be better at applying it. But, you know, (laughs) happy to to have a contest sometime. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and you were also saying that you really like Steph Wyman's post. Yeah, I did. Um... Which, uh, for those of you who didn't catch it, um, Steph Wyman is the DS of, uh, is it Prenda Matrix? Matrix, Matrix Prenda. Prenda. Yeah, there, yep. it's, a, it's a British team. It's a small, it's a really small British team that mm. tends to punch up its weight. Yeah, and that, yep. and Steph, in and the summer. They had a, in the summer, a sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, in the summer, um, Steph's the DS of Matrix Prendas, and in the winter, he's like the mechanic and soigneur for his wife Helen Wyman, who's a cyclocross rider. Yes, yes, and um, and the team had a pretty good run in um, the last couple of weeks. Won a couple of uh, the crits. We talked about them two weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they won. Um, they, um, Annie Simpson. Well, Annie Simpson won the series. Well, Helen Wyman won the last crit, and Annie, mm. Annie Simpson won the series. That's um, right. Oh, Annie just got a first in her degree as well. So she's had this great, um, oh. she's had this 
had this great couple of weeks. She she won the tour series. She was third in the under twenty three com- competition at nationals, and she's got a first in her degree. So mm. yay! <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so that's who Steph is. He's a good bloke on top of all of that. And mm-hmm. um, he has been writing um, periodically for the Cyclismus website, which, uh, if you're not familiar with them, those are the uh, satire kind of guys that, that do a lot of funny stuff. Um, the UCI Overlord Twitter account he is uh, is associated closely with them, um, but they do also cover some serious stuff. And Steph's been writing for them um, on various topics, obviously to to do with women's cycling. Anyway, uh, a couple of days ago, he put up a, a post, basically targeting three things that he thought that could be tackled pretty much right away to mm-hmm. help to address and improve women's cycling. And it is utterly fantastic. I uh, commend it to you all and encourage you all to go read it. Um, I think for me, one of the things that, that really jumped out was his first suggestion, which is, um, triggered several thoughts in my mind, which anyway, his first suggestion was that, uh, we need to look at little things like the number of women who turn up to races who are on teams, but don't have completely matching kits or helmets or... Or whatever. Or even their bike. They're funding their own bike. You know, they're yeah. not, they don't have components. They don't have the same water bottles, even. Yeah, exactly. And holy shit, was that an eye opener? Because um, you know, a, a lot of my thinking has been sort of top down kind of thinking. Uh, you know, partly I admit because I enjoy pointing the finger at the UCI and um, shouting Jacuz. <laughs> Which is always fun. It is. It's really. I tell you what. Go to work and try that with your boss. Just see how he reacts or she. It's. It, it tells you everything you need to know about your standing in the office. Uh, I take no responsibility if you get fired for doing that. <laughs> anyway, um, it, yeah, it really opened my eyes to the fact that there are completely different approaches, which is a, a great thing to um, to be confronted with, and I actually think this may be um, a slightly more important one because the, the thing that Steph went to went on to say is that it seems like such a small thing, but it's actually the really integral to um, helping particularly young women or women just coming into um, that transition from, from top amateur to, um, you know, neo pro or, or whatever. Mm-hmm to establish a baseline in terms of standards and acceptance and set a minimum standard. Well, you know, when you're a professional rider, you get the bike, you get the components, you get the uniform, you get the bottles, you know, you get matching helmets, you're part of the team. You're not just on the local club team anymore where, Mm. you know, you buy your own kit and and it's pretty much the same. You're on a pro team. This is the gear. And... Um, I, you know, I actually agree. I think that's actually a really, really important thing. But I also think that it's one of those things that could be really, really wonderfully addressed from a higher level within the sport, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's there's great opportunities there. Anyway, all of that said, fantastic, fantastic blog. Steph's a smart guy. Um, I'm really excited because... I want to try and get to talk to him sometime in the next couple of weeks, but you know we have to we have to wait for races to 
slow down a little bit, I think, because there's so many races going on. But keep keep an eye out because I'm going to uh, to do my best to call in favours and make Steph talk to me. <laughs> well, seeing as he's the one who took me to nationals, I think we can possibly manage it. Well, yeah, except that you have to tell him that there's a sweary Australian on the other end of the line, so... <laughs> He's a cyclo. He, Helen's a cyclocrosser, and they they work they work in cycling. They're used to sweary Australians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sober ones. <laughs> oh, that's true. Very true. No, it's, I mean it's good. I mean, one of the one of the things that I was quite interested in was one of his points was there's been a load of teams this year who st- stepped up to UCI team level. Yeah, mm. and they're these are the teams they're UCI registered but they're not providing their riders with kit and stuff. Yep. And I think Steph's point of view about UCI registering was, which I don't think he said in the article, but you know, he could have, they could have registered as UCI level, but it would have cost them a huge amount of money. Yep. And he's spending that money on the, on those things like kits and, yep. you know, bikes and stuff like that. And that's, and it's an odd thing. And it kind of comes back to the old, you know, it's another, it's a, yes, another reason to say, actually we need two levels of women's cycling. Because, you know, and, and there need to be guidelines for what you have to, you know. Well, exactly. I, I think that's the, the key thing is that, you know, there needs to be an accepted standard of what it means to be a professional team as opposed to yeah. a pro-am team or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and, and that was the other thing I found really interesting was um, that, that Steph's second point was actually, um, you know, about the introduction of a minimum wage. And that's yeah. something I'd love to talk to him in more detail about as a, as a team manager and a, a guy right there on the front line, you know, yeah. with a, a small but successful team trying to, um, you know, make an impact in the sport from both directions, you know. And I really do love and appreciate that that so many of the, the team managers and, and people involved in women's cycling in general, you know, it, it, it's a sport of passion. You know, no yeah. one's getting rich out of this. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and a, a lot of people are not getting paid at all or getting paid far below what they should be. And um, I think it's really important to be mindful of that fact because one of the reasons that there is so much talk about how to, quote-unquote, improve the sport is that it's not that... The, the action on the road is suffering at all. You know, we, we talk mm. each week about how exciting the racing is, but that, you know, we need to acknowledge and reward the amount of effort and energy and passion that goes into this lifestyle. And, and it yeah. is a, a lifestyle. These people are very committed and are giving a lot more time and effort to the work of, of entertaining us through women's cycling um, than, than they're being rewarded for. And yeah. so, yeah, I, so long story short, one of the things I really want to, to hear more from Stefan is how he sees the, the pathway of introducing a minimum wage and, um, you know, the impact of that. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, the thing would be optional, wouldn't it? I mean, the thing about people, oh, you couldn't possibly have a minimum wage, it would destroy teams. It's like, well, no, it would just stop teams yeah, when Cervelo started, when the men's team mm. Cervelo started, they didn't go in straight as a pro tour team. You yep. know, it's not like it's not necessary to be. It's not necessary to set. It's just because you have a level. It's not necessary for people to be above it. Well, exactly, but, and 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 I think that's the the key thing that I've always thought is that if you want that top tier pro team status, then you have to be able to ensure that your riders receive a minimum standard of recompense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and 
and also, it's not, it's not money if you can't pay them. At least you're giving them good bike, good kit. You know that, that, you're, that they're not like going out in gloves from the team. You know, for the team that they were riding for two years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah. But also, I think the other thing is that um, I, I, when I've discussed this with people, feel like there's a lot of resistance to the idea because the assumption is that you immediately have to start paying top wages comparable to the men. Um, yeah, and. That's actually not what I'm necessarily suggesting. I mean, yeah, I'd love it if we could do that, but realistically, I think we do have to look at phasing this in over the course of three years mm. or, or something like that. And it's it's a mm. staged level of uh, leveling up of, of progress, which I think is fine because to me, it's more important about getting a roadmap in place um, and and everyone knowing what's going to happen over the next three years, that, yeah. that these will be the requirements and this is what you'll have to do. And then, you know, for team owners and managers, you're in a, a much clearer position when you're talking to sponsors or looking for new sponsors yeah. or, or whatever. Um, yeah. So. And, and, and I'm sure there are teams, I mean, like, like with the Green Edge team, for example, or if, you know, the Green Edge team, if they, I'm sure, if, say, for example, they had to say, right, you've got to have a minimum wage to do this. They do it just because it's prestige. Mm, mm. Well, and, and that's the thing is I, I, for me, I would imagine that selling the story to a sponsor surely at the moment can't be that, well, okay, I, I honestly don't know. I was going to say can't be that hard, but maybe it really is, but... <laughs> But I would have thought that there would be a ton of companies lining up to go, hell yeah, brand us as the equal opportunity company. We're making sure oh, our, yeah, our yeah. women riders yeah. get paid well. You know, yeah. like yeah. the amount of free publicity and goodwill that you will generate out of that one act, that one simple act yeah. is, is enormous. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's amazing to me that, um, that, there seems to be such a, a sense of difficulty around this. It seems pretty straightforward to me. And that probably means that I'm wildly off the mark, which is why I want to hear from <laughs> Steph. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah, well, that's, that's what we'll do. We'll, 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 we'll see if we can set that up once the racing's died down. I mean, we've got, we've got the Giro Don. Mm. It starts Friday. Um, so it starts this Friday. It runs to Sunday the 7th of July. So it's 10 stages. Yeah. Yep. Um, after Giro Don, we have Turingen Rundfart, one of my favourite races in the world. Mm. And then we've got picks. But then after that, we have this nice dead zone, which will give us plenty of time to talk about it. And actually, if anyone's listening to us right now and they have things that they'd like us to talk about once the racing um, eases off, then just let us know. Um, yeah. Um, follow us up on Twitter, drop a comment on uh, Podium Cafe, or, um, you know, Smoke signals, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Dan is intended on uh, Twitter, E-N-T-E-N-D-E-R-E-D. -E 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 did I do that right? You did. You did. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And I'm the snappy, um, runs off your tum, tongue, underscore, pigeons, underscore. So that's how you can get in touch with us. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and feel free to swear at us. You know, we're, we're kind of used to that. Fuck you. Um <laughs> So yeah, so um, yeah, Gerardon, um, Monty has written a great race preview of it on Podium Cafe again. So um, go into the Podium Cafe Women's Cycling section, and you'll see Monty's previews with all the stages up. I mean, I could try and I'd just basically be reading it out if I tried to explain it. Mm. Um, the key things you probably need to know about like the first week is stages three and four are the climbing stages. Um, it's hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. I thought this year it was all downhill. I <laughs> 
no, the it thing was, is, right, it, it was all downhill time trials. I'm sure that's what <laughs> was in the memo. It's... No, in, the thing about the Gerudon is, in the past, it's gone up these amazing mountains like the Stelvio and and um, the Motorola. Yep. You know, it's gone up these iconic climbs. They had a whole load of problems the Giro this year. They one of their sponsors from last year's race um, refused to pay them after the race had happened. So they spent all the money, Ooh. and I think they basically spent the, the the year fucked, basically to put it bluntly, and rushing around like headless chickens and trying to, um, you know, just trying to trying to get it all, you know, trying to actually, you know, pay off last year's race. Mm. So this year's race has been a, a little bit more chaotic than what we're used to. Um, the other thing I think <laughs> is that they and put... and this is women's cycling. We have a high <laughs> we have a high tolerance for chaotic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you know, so it's it's like, and but the other thing is, I think you know, you can't go up the Stelvio every year, and I kind of wonder if they've made it a little bit less climby to get the riders there before the Olympics, because you know they know that the riders have got that, that a lot of the riders have got July on their mind, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so they kind of know that if they made it too hard, they just have riders staying at home or pulling mm. out early. Yeah. So I, I kind of think it's it's a bit it's a bit it's one of those two one of those things. Well, also <laughs> um, apparently they don't want Emma Pooley to win, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think Emma Pooley might win anyway. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's interesting. I think the other thing is is that if they have a quiet year this year, next year, um, it, when when we're in that post Olympic thing, um, the Olympic cycle ha- plays a really odd, not necessarily positive uh, impact on on women's cycling, but it does get a lot of interest up. So it means that next year. If they do something spectacular, you know, something completely epic going up all the Alps and stuff, then it's going to be it's going to be even better because you're comparing it to last year. Uh-huh. So anyway, it's going to be on TV. There's going to be two reports every day. They're going to have a little small section that's part of the, t- to the France coverage. And then every day at uh, 7 p.m. European time, um, if they're going to also have a uh, long program again, which follows straight on from their Tour de France coverage too. On and Monty says he thinks that might actually be broadcast. Um, you know, uh, non-geo restricted. Um, yeah. Um, if not, it does have a terrible habit of appearing <laughs> online anyway. <laughs> but but not we we wouldn't know how. No, no, I'd never advocate piracy in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) But I'm I'm told that you might be able to watch it in other ways. Mm, mm. Um, But I'll tell you, this time next week, I'll hopefully be going, oh my god, it's so exciting, and be able to tell you all about it. I'm sure it will be very exciting, and the really cool thing is that when we talk next week, it won't yet be over. So. No, isn't that great? It's going to be. it's going to be fun times and just, yeah, it's, it's, oh, it, it's one of the best races of the year and riders love it. The people love it. Mm. It's every, you know, places are just painted pink and pink balloons and people cheering and on TV and it's a really spectacular race. So, you know, fingers crossed for some really tough racing. Awesome. So who are your top picks for the Giro Don then? <laughs> you see, people keep asking me this and I've no idea. <laughs> I, I, well, you can't just say all of them. <laughs> all of them. You know, this is my thing. Um, I'm just going to hedge my bets. I mean, my heart says I want Emma Pooley to win it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really want Emma to win it. To, to win it. I'm absolutely shocked. It, I had no it, idea you were such a fan of uh, Emma Pooley. <laughs> but it's one of the few big races she hasn't won yet, and she came second last year to Mariana Voss, and she came second the year before to Mara Abbott. Uh-huh. So you know, 
I mean, it's, it's not as mountainy that, as Puli would like, but as Giro Trentino showed us, Puli doesn't actually need that bigger mountain to just go crazy. Yep. Um, Udit aren't. Uh, Udit has said that she's retiring at the end of this year, and, you know, she's just going might, to, might, go, might want to go out on a bang. And it looks, Udit always says that her weakness is very tall hills. So she could be one to watch. Uh-huh. And um, Voss, I've no idea. Voss just came back this weekend after her collarbone break. Um, she says she's just going to be riding this one for training to get herself back in form for the Olympics. But it's Mariana Voss. Right. So her, her training ride could actually result in her winning, you think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and there's always some random Eastern European who, who turns up, who's been really quiet all year, who suddenly kind of comes third in the general classification. So, you know, uh, I can't even begin to pick them. But, you know, when, when one does, I'll just claim I told you so. Okay? <laughs> well, how do you, how do you see Olympic ambitions playing into this then? I mean, obviously, um, I would imagine for Mariana, um, the Olympics are the primary goal. So even though she's in with a shot... Um, that must play on it at least somewhat tactically, um, and yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think I think it's going to be interesting. I, mean, I think I think what we what's really I hope doesn't happen is crashes, yeah, mm. because it gets to this point where you know people can you know when when, when people can kind of get um, quite anxious you know quite anxious about crashes because yep. I mean last year there was a horrific one where Rochelle Gilmore um, broke her back and yeah. her pelvis and it was horrible mm. and. I just don't want to see anything like that. Um, so it could have, you know, so hopefully it will be all safe and there won't be anything completely nutty happening. But it's also a time for those riders who haven't been picked for the Olympics to really prove their point. So, you know, expect to see Rochelle, who's devastated not to be going to the Olympics for Australia, yep. for example. Um, you know, and then, you know, and it, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um yeah, it's going to be an odd one. Um, also, watch out for the Dutch national team. The Dutch are sending a national team too, and that's interesting because it's made up of riders who don't ride together. So you've got Adri Visser, who rides for Skilagos, Martina Brass, who rides for Dolman Bowles. You know, riders like that who okay. are going to be in together, and that's going to be quite an odd one too, a nice mm. one too. Um, and, you know, with the Dutch only having four riders, but a million good ones, they should be quite um, competitive too. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll have to see what happens. Hooray! Cool, cool. <laughs> well, we're very excited to uh, to get the race underway and see how it uh, starts to unfold. Um, yeah. Which brings us to um, Crazy Idea. Are you ready for my Crazy Idea of the Week? I'm always ready for your Crazy Idea of the Week. Oh, really? That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start ringing you up whenever I have them. Oh mate, I look I look forward to them actually. Yeah. It's terrible me. It's one of the highlights of my week. <laughs> You'll be woken. You what? know, every now and random times when I'm on the bus or I'm walking walking somewhere, I'll go, I wonder what Dan's crazy idea is gonna be this week. <laughs> uh, or as I said last week, I just call them ideas. <laughs> uh, so anyway, crazy idea of the week. Uh, this one was I, I have to give credit where it's due, partly inspired by uh, my new best friend Steph Wyman. Uh, uh-huh. He doesn't know he's my best friend yet. Don't tell. Um, I think. I think. I think that makes you. You're not. You're not his best friend. You're his stalker, dear. Well, okay. So they interpret things differently there in in terms of the law. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. <laughs> so inspired by Stefan. Is it still stalking if you just want to hold him and pet him and? <laughs> That's just disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Although, in that, in that um, case, I, I don't want to do those things. That would be weird. Yeah. Um, you could just offer him a bag of Haribo. He really goes for that. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
Yeah, so I, I'm the stalker, but you know what works. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so my crazy idea of the week was um, basically related to, well, how do we get institutional support for the kind of detail, bottom-up kind of things that we were talking about in terms of, you know, consistency with uniforms and things like that. Um, and it, it sort of relates to a couple of my meta-sponsor ideas as well. Um, so I'm thinking what we need is a um, UCI-level... Um, oh, I, I don't know what we'd call it. I'm really trying hard not to use the ambassador <laughs> word because that's such a bullshit job title unless you're actually an ambassador um <laughs> you know I, seriously in in the business i work in they've started giving people such bullshit titles i know people whose job title now is product evangelist product evangelist yeah exactly exactly go, i actually shuddered when you said that yeah yeah like seriously go start a tv show and, and bilk poor people out of money like seriously just <laughs> But don't pretend that that's a job. That's not a fucking job. Your job is salesman. That's your job. Anyway, so I'm not quite sure what the right term is, but what I'm suggesting is that we need a role of someone who is funded either directly or indirectly through the UCI, but with the full support of the UCI, to act on behalf of the sport of women's cycling, um, to help make introductions to potential sponsors, to help identify top level sponsors who may be able to assist in in various other ways by i don't know who knows uh providing training and research facilities or or whatever i don't i don't know exactly what the opportunities are that's why the idea is a little bit crazy but (laughs) but the point is to have someone whose whose job is to do that and then help teams match those needs to the right sort of fitting organizations and businesses and stuff um Yeah, a facilitator, as it were, a fixer, to use a organised crime term. Um, my, 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 I mean, it's, it sounds, it actually sounds perfect. I can't fault it. I mean, my only question is, isn't that what the UCI is meant to be doing already? <laughs> oh, so funny you are. You are so funny. That's that's like you know controlling skateboarding. Isn't that what the UCI is meant to be doing already? Seriously, no, have, they, ha, have they met any skateboarders? <laughs> I would love to see Pat McQuaid go down to the local skate park and try to tell some kid that his trucks aren't legal. You're... Oh, I, I want to see him actually on a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would be no. I mean, he, I've got a very good like skate park near me, and he's. I mean, you know, Pat. If you if you want to if you want to know more about skating, I'll introduce you to some people. Fantastic. Fantastic. Love it. You can come in and say that you run their sport now. <laughs> it can only go well. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, well, look, honestly, yeah, the, the UCI should probably, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess technically in terms of dealing with sponsors and stuff, that is slightly outside of their, their purview. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're meant to be administering the sport, not... Um, you know, necessarily involved in the financial day-to-day, and that's why it might need to be um, a position that sits outside of the UCI formally, but with uh, the support and authority of the UCI's, I don't know, blessing, I guess, um, to to operate effectively. But, you know, it's a role that I think would be very, very useful because it's, I, I think, it's partly... 
I guess it's partly PR, but it's also partly, um, you know, finding and making contact with the, the right people at, at um, the higher levels of, of business and introducing them to the opportunities of women's sport. And, um, you know, obviously women's cycling specifically. And, and I do think, I, I honestly believe that that is a huge market that is yet to be properly um, addressed. And I know, for example, in the uh, the business that I work in, we are incredibly conscious of and, um, and very much focused on doing our best to improve our relationship to um, the, the women who fall into our market segment. Yeah, and um, and we are definitely not the only business in the world with that attitude. So you know, I, I know from experience that within the business world, there exists a, a clear understanding that we need to do a better job of of connecting to a female audience. Yeah. So you know, let's make it happen. Let's get someone let's in that role and and meet the people and and get those conversations started. Oh, it would be brilliant, and and just someone who could be an someone who could just tell explain it explain what's going on and be mm. you know just just make it make it sound attractive because it is and you know it's it's just women's football has actually done it really 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 interestingly over the last couple of years i mean seeing seeing um the world women's football world cup for example on tv in britain it's mm. just you know it, how far that's come so a couple of years ago people were saying exactly the same thing about women's football as they're saying as they say about women's cycling now oh you know it could never get professional oh you know and never no one will be interested etc etc but you know more women in britain play football than men play rugby yep yep you know, it, it, it's one of those things where and actually people you know once you see it once you're exposed to it people aren't complaining about it watching it and it's brilliant so you know just just giving giving people a chance to know more about it i think it's a good thing yes i approve i think that's a sensible idea idea and um you'll have to come up with two silly ones for next week oh shit i failed again at crazy penance my man oh no yeah and i promised pantsless pat mcquade last week so um (laughs) which which by the way is what would happen to him is what happened would happen to him if he did go down to the skate park (laughs) <laughs> um, b- before he was beaten to death by angry teenagers with skateboards. That's very true. Very true. Well, yes. Well, um, I, I, I think the idea of Pants as Pan- Pat McQuaid has just broken my brain again. So thanks, Dan. Ooh. That's very helpful. Um, and I think we should maybe leave it there and, <laughs> and never mention it again. Just, just leave him lying in a in a fetal position on the ground, uh, yeah. trousers around the ankles. <laughs> Just, just stop. Just stop right now. <laughs> I can go on for hours. I can make this worse and worse and worse. Well, uh. thank, you. thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for your kind attention tonight. <laughs> we apologize. <laughs> we apologize for Dan. If we were on a legitimate broadcast network, we'd have been shut down by now. <laughs> well, um, thank you for listening, folks. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, in that that uh, spirit, I now need to go to work and explain to my boss why I'm in such a cheerful mood. <laughs> All right. Take care, dear. Enjoy the uh, the first few days of the Giro Don. I'm excited. Looking forward to catching up with you mid-race and seeing how things go. Uh, for everyone who's listening, thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah, please do feel free to hit us up on Twitter or in the comments or, or wherever you feel free and uh, suggest ideas of things that we should be 
looking into, discussing uh, races that you want to know more about, riders that you want to hear more stories about, and so on and so forth. Have a great week, everyone. Goodbye.